the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We need one kind of grace when we're feeling on top of things, things are going our way. We need another kind of grace when things seem like they're out of control. The grace of God is never static. It's always dynamic. It never fails to meet a situation. Oh, that's good news. But it's hard to understand sometimes in the heat of the moment, isn't it? That's Pastor Layton from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. This is a broadcast entitled Study Verse by Verse. And it comes to you from the congregation of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, an outreach of the church. And Pastor Layton is in the book of John. He'll be taking us deeper into the first chapter. This is such rich, rich content. If you've missed any of these broadcasts, you can go to the website Study Verse by Verse and listen again to past programs at studyversebyverse.com. Studyversebyverse.com. We began our study of this fourth gospel a number of weeks ago by introducing its author, the Apostle John. Uh, he also wrote for us 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John and gave us the book of Revelation. He began his ministry with Jesus as a young man, probably the youngest of the disciples in his early or mid-twenties, and uh, he's the only apostle we know of that lived into his 80s or 90s. He was probably in his 70s when he wrote this gospel, and it is filled with his wisdom and insight. And I want to be careful that when I say that, you don't misunderstand me to suggest that we believe that the Bible was written by mere men, even men as great as John the Apostle. I'm not meaning to imply that at all. We believe that the Holy, the Holy Spirit inspires Scripture. Now, the author is very clear about his purpose in writing the gospel. He declares in John 20, verse 30, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written about in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And so the author's intention is to present his readers with evidence that can lead them and encourage them to put their faith in Jesus as the Christ. Our study today begins with verse 15. But let's read the verses that lead up to verse 15. We're in John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Uh, 
There's a number of men named John in the scriptures. It's important that we learn how to identify and differentiate between them. This is not John the author. In fact, whenever you find the name John in this gospel, it is never in reference to the author. The author really doesn't name himself, and that was a uh, form of, uh, an expression of humility that was typical of the writers of the gospels. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. We know him as John the Baptist. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glories of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. John bore witness about him and cried out. So in keeping with his expressed purpose, the author begins to cite witnesses to attest to the fact that Jesus was the divine preexistent word of God. And the first witness that he calls upon is John the Baptist. Now, John's testimony is going to be described in greater detail in verses 19 and the chapters that following. So, so here, the author is summarizing it. Now, John the Baptist had been dead many years by the time this gospel was written. But there were still followers of John the Baptist, even a century after he had his brief ministry, a ministry that probably lasted no more than one year. And so what the Apostle John does is he used the very words of John the Baptist himself, who clearly understood and accepted that his ministry was subordinate to the ministry of Jesus Christ. It says he cried out, and that denotes a solemn proclamation. It's used of prophetic activity. It was his witness. He was the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. He was the herald proclaiming the arrival of the King, the Messiah, and calling people to repent and prepare their hearts to receive him. He cried out, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. Now, he who comes after me is a reference to the fact that John's ministry preceded the ministry of Jesus. He says, he has surpassed me, or he ranks before me, indicating that Jesus' ministry was of greater importance. 
Now, this is a noteworthy observation for us because in antiquity, it was culturally held that chronological precedence meant superiority. People were humble about their own generation, and they believed that their fathers were really wiser than they were. That may be remarkable to some of the generations of Western civilization, but uh, they really believed that there were the good old days. And so John the Baptist here reverses that and indicates that his ministry, the ministry of Christ, is more important than mine. He was before me, uh, John the Baptist says. Unlike John the Baptist, Jesus was God incarnate. And so he had existed in the beginning. He was before me, was a reference to the preexistent word of God. In the beginning was the word. It says, for from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Grace upon grace. The author now calls a second witness, and that is the witness or the testimony of believers, all believers, including himself, who received of the fullness of blessing from the one who is full of grace and truth. Because in Christ, all the fullness of God dwells in bodily form, Colossians 2.9, he provides for all of his people's needs. The author writes, on his fullness we have all drawn. And the word that the author uses for fullness is pleroma. And it means the sum total of all that is in God. It was a word that the Apostle Paul used often in his writings. For instance, in Colossians 1.19, he says that all pleroma dwelt in Christ. And in Colossians 2.9, he says in Christ there dwelt the pleroma of deity of God in bodily form. He meant that in Jesus there dwelt the totality of the wisdom, power, love, and provision of God. It says believers have received grace. In fact, we have not just received an allocation of grace, we have received a continuous supply of grace. That's what grace after grace means. And in various translations, it's translated grace after grace, grace for grace, grace upon grace, grace in return for grace, and grace instead of grace, which is what it means literally. It means that when one supply of grace is exhausted, another supply of grace arrives. One scholar suggested it's like the waves on the shore. As soon as one wave departs, another takes its place. Grace just keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming. Grace abounds, grace upon grace. Leon Morris wrote, God's grace to his people is continuous and is never exhausted. Grace knows no interruption and no limit. In contrast with the law, Grace stresses the dynamic character of the Christian life. Anyone may know the precise requirements the law demands. But grace is always an adventure. No one can say where grace will lead, what blessing it will bring, or what challenge it will make. Grace means an ever-deepening experience in the presence and the blessing of God. In Christ, we find grace upon grace. You know, at at different ages and in different situations, people require different grace. 
We need one kind of grace when we're feeling on top of things, things are going our way. We need another kind of grace when things seem like they're out of control. The grace of God is never static. It's always dynamic. It never fails to meet a situation. One need invades life, and with it comes grace for that need. And when that need passes and another one comes, another grace comes with it. Through life, we're constantly receiving grace after grace. And it's adequate to deal with any situation we may deal with in life. Who can plumb the depths of God's marvelous grace? Well, this is Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. And uh, we'll wrap this up tomorrow as he continues in the book of uh, John, the first chapter. And we'll hear more next week. He'll continue in the book of uh, John throughout the week as we present this broadcast at this same time. I hope you can join us tomorrow and all next week. Do tell your friends about the program. We encourage you to uh, share that information because you are the best promotional tool we have. Additional information about uh, the ministry is on studyversebyverse.com. That's studyversebyverse.com. Be back tomorrow at this same time, if you can, when we will once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.